0: So uh, everyone is doing these takes on now and then, and uh, it's a big mon- monumental thing. It's nothing small. It's the final uh, Beatle song probably of all time. There could be things in the future, of course, and I'm sure they already have been lined up in the pipeline to, to get us excited. But uh, what I am finding out is I've never seen Beatle fans kind of turn on each other. <laughs> like, I've seen... I'm seeing a lot of comments where someone's like, ah, it's not really my cup of tea. It's not my favorite song. And people are are ravaging them in the comments. And, uh, you know, the Beatles are a peace and love band. That's all they're about. And yeah, if you don't really love the song, that's awesome. Uh, You know, no one's being vicious about it, but they're attacking them for the fact that you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. So it's very controversial. And sometimes that I think that, it has a lot to do with the fact that maybe it isn't one of their strongest ones and people do have opinions. So that's my little first paragraph. I didn't even introduce you. It's Brooke Halpin, the Beetle guru, right in front of me. Um, did you say hi? Because I didn't hear you.
1: No, I didn't okay. say hi. <laughs> you, uh, you're scared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so nice to, to be back with you. It's been a long time. And yeah, the, the now and then is a big deal. You know, yeah. it is a big deal for sure. And people have um, contacted me and and asked me, you know, what do I think? And so I'm so glad that you reached out to me because I do have a lot of thoughts uh, on the song for sure. Me too.
0: Um, and, and also the packaging and the marketing and the the design of the album cover and the videos. It's It's a whole thing. Uh, no stone, uh, uh, no stone has been unturned to launch this, and it's right in time for Christmas. You got two new albums coming out, which is the red and the blue. You know, rehashed again with fan- yeah. fantastic potential, like really new updated technology that that will maybe that have the older songs like kind of perk a little, which is it's exciting. There's nothing unexciting about this. Um, what I was gonna do. 'Cause I think I, I for anyone who's listening to this, I'm I'm a little negative on it. I'm listening to it a little more and I'm I'm okay with it, but I don't love it. I think you have a more of a love fest on it. So who wants to go first?
1: <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. You can go first and then I can go second.
0: <laughs> okay. So what I what I was under the impression is that when I listen to this song, it's not that I don't hate it. I just hear possibilities of it being better, and that's what I'm at. Is that I think there's there's so many things I would maybe do a little better. And I was almost gonna play like 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 the whole song and stop it. And say maybe they should do that when they start out with John's voice. It's very um, it, it's a demo, so, so he's not doing a full body, uh, vocal on it. To me, it sounds a lot like Julian Lennon. I'm not sure why they didn't double track it, or maybe they did, and I can't tell to get it a little fuller. Um and then, you know, what uh, I, I feel, oh uh, here I the the sound of this, this here and now, the the vibe, it's a, kind of a, a drony kind of uh, melancholy uh song. And it's very popular right now with a lot of singer songwriters like Billy Illish. Like that kind of vibe is out there. So it's it's when people are like wow, you know, uh, uh real love was like punchy. And, um, you know, this song is not, it's not Beatlesque, you know, in a way, this type of song is really popular to a lot of different people out there that this kind of slow or like draggy kind of song. But along with that, you know, the technology doesn't kind of match. It sounds to me like this would be if the Eagles put out an album right now, it would be track number four on the second side. It, it's something that you kind of bury away. It's not like... It's just not a a, a a plus material, in my opinion. Um, when I hear this, I'm like, "Why, why isn't Chafflin involved? And why why isn't he involved? Um, are you writing this? I see your mouth like you're ready to go. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm ready to go. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, wait. Let, let me go through. I took notes. Okay. Also, like the the background vocals of um, Paul or Ringo or whatever are, are very buried in the mix. The slide guitar. I know that Paul really, I, I mean, he has mentioned that he's not a big fan of the slide guitar being used, but he's using it in this song and it's not that great. The slide guitar. It's okay. It's not great. Um, the strings, I like it, but it's buried kind of in the mix and it would, I would like it. And I see that it, it increases as the song goes, but, um, there's a lot of opportunity for maybe different like soundscape instead of what they were doing. Um, And then at the end, my wish would have then they would have brought some horns in at the end too. And kind of ended like uh, 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 for no one at the end where it just kind of ends the the, the horn sound. Um, For fun, it would have been great if they brought the kids in the grandchildren and have a separate song. That would have been like they're playing around with it and, and coming up with different options with it too, um, and also maybe even bring in a better like producer like Beck. So this is like a whole separate song. This is a, a, a fantasy wish list that I had. Um, I think the the piano is too high in the mix. Uh, can't hear the bass. So we talked about the strings. The guitar lines that George has is like a little jazzy vibe. You got to put your headphones on to listen to it. It's kind of cool, uh, but you can barely hear it, you know. And uh, again, I said this like guitar, not necessary. Uh, It feels like their production is a little muddy. And, and as a fan, I, it's growing on me because I want it to. Like if I wasn't a, a Beatle fan, I would listen to this once. And move on. But I am a Beatle fan. I've listened to it at least 50 times now. The video that came out is just a, like a tearjerker kind of. Oh, there they are! They're having fun, and they're you know they're inter interchanging the 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 living uh, people with the um, you know the past. A lot of magical mystery tour the, um, footage. I like that. I mean, that makes me excited. It makes me get excited about the song, and I think that video, the the mix of the audio, is better than the actual single or the one that I'm hearing on, on Spotify um i don't know i think when it comes to history this was a a beatles have the best you know career of all time this is just a footnote in in the career i don't think this song will be ever mentioned in the top 100 Beatles songs of all time or even 150 but it's nice it's okay i mean it's not horrible when i first heard it i was really angry but i keep on listening to it thinking possibilities. What if we did this? Or what if they did that? would it be cool if they did this? And that's the part where I'm kind of hung up. I'm not done wishing it would be something different. And that's where I turned it over to you.
1: Wow, that's a lot of stuff.
0: It is a lot of stuff.
1: <laughs> that's a lot of stuff. So now I'll give you my overview and then I'd like to address some of, my All stuff. of the things that you brought to my attention. Okay. Okay. So here's my overview. It's remarkable. And it's extraordinary that they were able to do it because we know that they attempted to do it in 1995, 94, 95. And George was the one back then who didn't like it. He didn't like the song Mm -hmm. and he didn't like the way it was put together, the structure, he didn't like the structure of the song. So that was one of the main reasons why Paul and Ringo just said, okay, well fine, we're not gonna finish it. And of course, then there was the technical problem because back then, the technology that was available to them, they weren't able to isolate John's vocal from the piano track on a flimsy little cassette tape that he made at the Dakota. You know, back then everybody was doing that. I mean, I had a cassette tape recorder and I have got, I got a thousand cassette tapes here. But the quality is not, you know, they're not great. They're just sort of a demo, just to, oh yeah. I want to remember that song, you know, kind of thing. So, but they were able to, which is remarkable, to actually pull and isolate the vocal from the piano from the cassette tape. And that in and of itself is is amazing, you know, mm-hmm. when you stop to think about it, you know, just from from that perspective, it's it's extraordinary that they'd be able to do that. And when you hear, and I've heard, I've heard John's voice now. Solo, you know, without the band. I mean, I've heard it, because um, people send me this stuff all the time. And and before the song was released, I heard it, and and somewhere along the line I heard, and now and then, you know, without the piano, just his voice. And I went, Oh my god, you know, it was it is his voice is the song. And I think at that place in his life, uh, the you know ha- second half of the '70s at the Dakota, when he was staying home with Julian, he was not recording in the studios. He was not performing anywhere. But he was writing, because he's a writer. I think that it's the, the very sincere vocal. I think that John m- means what he's saying. I really do. He sounds very good and sincere. And I honestly, this could be quite a quite a, a debatable issue here. When I look at the lyrics and I go over all of the lyrics, and I say, OK, well, who was he singing to? Who was he singing to? Well, now, he was lamenting. He was back with Yoko. You know, we, we know that, right? Mm-hmm. He was singing to Paul. I really honestly believe that this is a love song that John is singing to Paul now and then. I think of you now and then. And he did think of Paul now and then. He wasn't thinking of Yoko now and then because he was with Yoko 24-7. So, which for me adds a big sort of an emotional historical mm-hmm. this love between these two incredible writers and musicians uh, who at that time in the late 70s were were not together now in terms of the the production because you mentioned quite a bit about the production the 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 overall track could be brighter in tone Mm -hmm. it could be brighter it sounds a a little muted not his voice his voice sounds fantastic i agree the piano piano and the acoustic guitars they they just don't they're not bright you know i mean with some eq i don't know why they didn't brighten it up you know i don't know that's a good question uh and paul was the producer on this it's my understanding right huh Oh, yeah, folk. yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, and oh, Giles. Oh, Giles produced it with him? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's a good question for both of them. But anyhow, now that I've said that, and then there's George, right? The guy who didn't want to finish this song, who didn't like the song. But you have to have George on the song for it to be a Beatles song. So what is George, what is he doing on the song? He is playing rhythm guitar with Paul from 1995 or late 94 or, or early 95. He's, you, and you can see it in the video mm-hmm. you know, with George. They're playing rhythm guitar together, both the same chords, the same registration on the guitar, first position, but his lead guitar part, as you had mentioned, is like what? What is that? You know, mm-hmm. in the background, I hear a little lead. But why? If they want this to be a Beatles song, and they want George to be on it, even though he didn't like the song, they could have done more with that with George's George's electric guitar part, his lead yes. guitar part back in the 90s they could have done more with it they could have moved it around it didn't have to be exactly where George played it you know that they can now that they have the tracks they could slide it around they can use it a B as part of the introduction or etc cetera, etc cetera. they didn't do that they didn't they didn't utilize George's Lee guitar track from the from the 90s which I think is a mistake I really do now Paul, quote unquote, his tribute to George was to put on the slide guitar, honoring George, because George was one of the best slide guitar players ever. I mean, he was a wizard on the slide guitar. Now, if it was George playing the slide guitar, it would be different, and but it's Paul. Now, what Paul plays is very appropriate for the tune because he's basically playing melody parts that mm-hmm. from John from John's vocal. So it, it fits nicely, yeah, you know, there's no doubt about it. And in terms of the bass, uh the bass is nice. It could be brighter again, you know, it's it's again it sounds it needs some boosting, it needs some mid-range boost. There's something to to make yeah. it pop a little bit. Because McCartney's playing some nice notes. I was able to to hear the notes. And of course, Ringo is perfect. It's you know, Ringo's drumming is always perfect. You know, it doesn't matter if it's 1964, 1994, or 2023. You know, his drumming is spot on. He just knows exactly, he always knows exactly what to do, when to do it, and when to do the fills, and otherwise just lock it down with the foundation of, of the beats. The, the orchestration, uh, the string orchestra is, is, I think, I'm, I'm glad that they brought it in. But again, to your point, I think that they could have done more with it. I think that they could have, it's, it's, at some point you can barely hear it in the mix. I don't know why, because you know when you think back to Beatles songs, the strings when Mister George Martin was involved. I mean the strings in "All You Need Is Love" or the strings in "Strawberry Fields," you know the the strings are like whoa, or I'm the walrus, you know when those cellos come, in, it's like whoa, and that mm-hmm. doesn't happen. You know they're again they're sub. It sound like they're subdued. I think the actual choice of notes for the orchestration is fine. You know, I don't. I, there's nothing wrong with that. So, and then it, it's interesting. Uh, I have to say that I've listened to it many times, and I like it. I do like. I do like it, and it's haunting. It haunts the melody. Da, da, dee, da. Da, da, de, da, de, da. and it's so Lenin. I mean my god it's so Lenin, you know uh, and the ending I don't like the ending because what they did was they put uh, I'm speaking now a, a little more music theory is what they did they went back to like the root the finality and they ended it on a like they call it the one chord I wish they had not done that. there was a chord just prior to the last chord that they did, which would have kept it suspended, yeah, I, I agree yeah, Because, because like it would be now and then, and that would be the then because the then the then keeps going on and on and on. We don't know what the then is, right when when is then you know, we don't know, oh, it was then anyhow, so. So that's my my overall take on it. And um, I think again that this is a love song from John to Paul. And I I also think that knowing John's catalog of songs with the Beatles and also with some of some of his songs as a solo artist this is not one of his best songs. Now I would not say that not one of his best. It's a it's good. It's good. And I'm glad that they did it. And I like it. I like the song. And the more I hear it, the more I like it. And there's a lot of emotion going on around this, as you had said, because it's, it's, it's the Beatles. And people, the Beatle world, this is what we want. And the, the fact that, that we have it I mean, people, I've been talking to people that I know that have been crying, you know, they listen to this song and they say, I can't stop crying, Brooke, you know. So it's a very emotional piece. And I think now, I think it was released on the 2nd of November. And it's over 10 million views or 12 million. or just It's incredible, the, the response to it. But as you had also pointed out, is that, there are some people. Now I don't know if the people who don't like it. I don't know if these are people in our Beatle World. You know, they could just be people yeah. who don't really Yeah, who don't well or don't really like the Beatles anyway, or they kind of like them. They might like, you know, hey Jew or let it be or something, but they're not like you and I or the the Beatle World crowd and I see i've seen stuff on the, you know the comments on youtube and elsewhere and i don't like it oh it's not a good song and it's like oh, okay fine listen everybody's entitled to their opinion you know but in the beatle world i would think that most of us like it some of us love it um i don't think there's anybody out there that would say gee wish you know i i i don't want to hear this again i mm-hmm. Highly doubt that. So, so that's my my overview. If you have any any questions for me, furthermore, you know, please, I'm here.
0: Uh, I'm I, yeah, I got you. I got, I got more questions. So, would you call? The, I mean, like, it's too early to tell. Would this be in the top one hundred of your your tracks though of, of all time of Beatles
1: songs? Yeah. Wow, one hundred, huh? That's liberal, I mean. Yeah, yeah, 100. Um, It wouldn't be in the top 50. Okay. It could grow, what you're saying. Yeah, but I could, you know, maybe, because as you know with me, my my ratings change every day. You know, Uh one day my favorite song is, hey, Bulldog, you know, and the next day my favorite song is, she's leaving home, you know. So it swings all over the, I can't say that, you know, my all-time favorite Beatles song is because, no, because they change all the time. So
0: The Peter Jackson video that came out is, um, I mean, it makes you smile and and it makes you enjoy the song a little more. And I really believe that the audio is different. It's cleaner. I mean, I don't, it's just that I I think we both agree. It could have had maybe somebody who wasn't emotionally attached to it, to kind of sit back and kind of produce a, a little more, maybe give it a little more, um, I mean, uh, cleanliness. I think maybe things are compressed a little, uh, but that's not how the Beatles roll when it comes to horns or violins or even background vocals, you know, when they're there. Uh, yeah. but you know, this is a new world and maybe they felt that this is kind of that whole DIY, you know, thing that's going on now with, with, uh, uh, Artist, right? It's possible, but yeah. But this, these are
1: the Beatles, though, as you said. It's tough. So yeah. let me
0: ask you some questions. I believe she handed "Grow Old with Me" as as an option. Would you have liked to see them do that?
1: Well, there's a finished. There's two versions of "Grow Old with Me" by John. Yeah. Again, him at the the Dakota with a drum machine and him at the piano and singing. And then there's a fully produced version which it, which is spectacular. I mean not the fully produced version of Grow World with Me is one of my favorite uh, solo John songs. You know, I would put that definitely in my top maybe even top 20 solo mm-hmm. John songs. His the finished produced version with strings and oh god it's a fabulous piece. Now, the problem is, is that you could never have George on Grewal with me. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, the okay. problem. Now, some people, when I've read this, say, well, they could go through the archives and find some George lead guitar solos and fit them in. And, and that's just so unorganic and forced and contrived. Yeah. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't sound good. And then they say, "Oh, it's a Beatles song because George is playing lead guitar." No, I. Yeah. I don't agree with that at all. Not at all. You know. I know that they did that with the Love soundtrack. They were moving, you know, guitar parts around, drum parts around, and made it very interesting. But it wouldn't. It wouldn't work. That that to me would would not work. So if anyone were to do something with. The basic tracks of grow old with me it would just be ringo and it would be paul but as i said the finished produced version of grow World with me with the strings is so finished and so magnificent i don't know how they could even make it any better paul and ringo i wouldn't touch it
0: yeah well you yeah what you just said about george is the answer um and and i agree it's a fantastic song it's a great late Lenin song it's one of the best it really um, is yeah okay so we know that paul i mean like are these beetle things they they are not they don't just happen like the marketing just popped up we talked about the you know there was a buzz about ai and the possible song and then there was a timeline of how this is all rolling out along with the the red and the blue that's not there but in beetle world they all have to sign off on projects ahead of time we were hoping, or at least with my mind, that we would tackle Magical Mystery Tour, but we went into the red and blue, and and the song, and um, the marketing with the, the multiple vinyl, you know, and and the the uh, cassettes and stuff is very reminiscent to what he had uh, Paul had done with uh, Egypt Station and with McCartney Three. It's guaranteed to guarantee, you know for fans that this will be a number one album or number one song. It's already a number one song but the red and the blue will possibly be now number one albums also which is you know it's cool with me it just seems that the marketing is is um, i think they have the formula down where you know you, you got your rabid fans that have to get all these vinyl copies even though they already have the material they probably never like listen to it um what's your thought about the overall marketing scheme with this so far
1: well when you're talking about the beatles and marketing It goes back really to 63 in the UK and 64, the marketing in 64 was mind blowing. It, it completely covered and blanketed the United States totally coast to coast, every state, the marketing effort that was going on in 64, everywhere you went, every single day in 64, there was always something, certainly on the radio. The radio stations, and they were AM back then, That's a, they played Beatles songs, they had Beatle interviews every day in 1964. This is part of their marketing machine, and then of course they had a Hard Days Night in '64. So there was always something. that is the new album, you know, there was First Meet the Beatles, and then there was this Beatles second album. Then there was a Hard Days. There was so much material to market that they saturated the country, and they did that. And of course, in the in the, the teen magazines, you know the. Teen Beat and all this stuff, they were everywhere, every day. Oh, did you see this, Brooke? Oh, did you see that? Oh, hey, look at Brooke. This, did you see that? Oh, they're going to be on this radio show. Oh, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. And, it was, and they were just feeding us. And we, of course, would get excited with every single thing that they did from a marketing perspective, because the music is the thing that drove us absolutely to another world. Yeah. And we wanted to be in that world and we wanted to stay in that world. And now even with this song, it reminiscent, it's reminiscent of us being brought back in a way, not it could never be the same as it was in 64, but it's still like oh, a new Beatles song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean how, how often could we say, oh, we have a new Beatles song? So the fact that we can do that now is part of the vibe and part of the high. So the marketing that's going on now, to me, is oh yeah, modus operandi. I mean, this is how they've always operated. You know, these the Beatles are are experts in in the world of marketing. You know, they they know exactly what to do. They know exactly when to do it and. It's not like Ringo makes the sole decision, or Yoko, or Olivia, or Paul. I know that Paul certainly has a lot to say, but there's a whole team of people that we don't even know about. You know, at Apple, yeah. you know, we don't know who who the marketing people are, really, and so they they know exactly what to do and and when to do it. No doubt, no doubt at all.
0: We got about seven minutes left, so I can't
1: believe it. Really,
0: wow! What do you, What do you think about "Love Me Do"? Yeah, I I think it's great. I love the new production of it.
1: Well, uh, you know the the thing with a song like "Love Me Do" is that I've heard so many versions of it now. <laughs> is that it's like when you're dealing with George Martin in 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 1963. 62 excuse me late 62 uh and and the beatles it's like it's great it was it's great it was Mm -hmm. great then so how Mm -hmm. can so how can you make great greater is what we're talking about
0: you know well well, this is the reason why this is why it's great it's not because the song it's that people perceive like Old things. If it sounds old, they don't like it. You know, it sounds. Old. It was recorded in '63.
1: So That's ridiculous. Love L- me ridiculous.
0: do can now go into Muzak's and casinos and grocery stores and whatever, oh, <laughs> and it'll it'll sound fresh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where people oh. won't be turned off. They musac doesn't and grocery stores they don't play a scratchy, hissy, poppy song that sounds old. Yeah, this, but they could.
1: There is no scratchy, hissy, poppy version of Love Me Do from 1963. You know. That. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that people, uh,
0: the perception that new is the perception. better. The perception is new is better. And this yeah. is going to drive all this, this uh, all this, uh, the AI enhanced, whatever, new produced stuff where they're able to isolate is going to make these songs more. Uh, you're going to hear these songs now in, in grocery stores. And they're gonna they're gonna be ripe with the the new hit or whatever it's just a matter yeah. it's gonna saturate the market a little more
1: I'm not there I'm, I'm not, not there, there. I, you know I really don't care I don't I mean <laughs> I, when I want to hear Beatles songs I don't have to go to the grocery store to hear Beatles songs oh yeah. I'm looking at it as a
0: marketing yeah. thing I mean yeah. what about red red and blue like I actually was under the impression that when they released all these albums got rid of all the American versions like these compilations like red and blue gets dissolved and like now, I'm like, are they going to do rock and roll? Or are they going to do love songs? Or like, it seems weird that red and blue is something that they want to target. But
1: what's your thought on that? Again, I don't really care, okay. honestly. <laughs> I, you know, I I have the red and blue, and they sound fantastic. How can you make fantastic more fantastic? You know, it's just, and there's something sometimes about the original. Sometimes, yes. you know where if you start messing around with it so much, well, we're going to do this and we're going to redo that we're going to do EQ this and we're going to compress that, then all of a sudden it doesn't have the same sound, really. You know, so I'm not into all that stuff, but I wanted to get this in before we end. People are saying, well, this is the final Beatles song. And I'm going, I'm not so sure. No. I'm not so sure not. because they're... Certainly must be things in the vault between 63 and 70 that the Beatles recorded, the four of them. And for whatever reason, they said, ah, No, that's not, no, no, we're not going to use that. No, we're not going to use that. We're not going to use that. Now, they're probably in the vault, but here's the thing they were rejected back then at the time. So we know that they're probably not going to be the best Beatles songs. But if there are what I'm talking about in the vault and the four of them between 63 and 70, then they are clearly new, would be new Beatles songs for the world. And I'm hoping that that could happen. Now there's also the Carnival of Light. You've heard of that? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's Paul's been hiding it. (laughs) For quite a while. But that I believe is all instrumental, electronic piece. Uh his I don't know. I suppose maybe he and Ringo could put some vocals on it. I don't know. He might do something with um with Carnival of Light. I don't know. So that we'll have to see what he does with the Carnival of Light. And then we know that I know for sure that jo- John was recording a lot more on that cassette tape in the Dakota between say 75 and 80. For sure he's got I'm sure a lot more songs that Yoko has but then again they can't be Beatles songs because George is not on them. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so. you're right that there's a that box that had the Cody years it was a like 20 30 tracks of him like you know like demos. Right. That right. was on there at one time.
1: That's right. Yeah. Mm.
0: Well, I feel good. I feel I feel cleansed. I was really kind of nervous as to how you would uh, take my feedback. <laughs> I think we're almost in agreement, which is kind of the the part where that's when I like it. When I feel that that I can get, it. if if the Beatle Guru likes something and I I'm in sync with him, I feel I feel like I'm th- I did the the right thing
1: it, because the song has grown on you. It's mm-hmm. growing on you. It is, and I mean, like I'm a Beatle fan. You
0: know, they the the Christmas songs. Like, they grow, like, you know, stuff oh, that, fabulous. yeah, yeah, like stuff, the demo stuff that you hear or, or the, uh, they, they all kind of grow on me because they're the Beatles. I mean, it has to happen, but you know, I just kind of wanted more. That's all. And maybe that'll happen in the future. I always thought it'd be fun to just send off, like have a separate thing with all the kids. Cause they always keep on talking about the kids coming, just yeah. the kids. Kids play along with it, separate song, something fun, but that's you know.
1: But to your point about the kids, you know, they could have had Julian, they could have had Sean, and uh, they could have had the McCartneys, right? And they could have had Donnie, and they could have had Zach singing the Now and Then Chorus. Definitely. At at the end of the song. Uh That would have been even more special, I think. Uh-huh. But,
0: would be yeah, they, wonderful. they didn't go
1: there. They didn't go there. They didn't bring the kids in on the chorus, which they would be bright and the voices would be brighter. And you know, as opposed to uh, Paul's voice, which nowadays is, you know, oh. it's muted. You know, he's eighty, what, eighty-two? Yeah. God yes. bless.
0: Yeah. All right, we're less than a minute. We wind this down. It's good talking to the Beatle guru again. Uh, the Beatles come to America. It still has legs. People are still checking us out. We thank everyone who's taking a, a listen to us. We're on YouTube, and we are also have our show along with. I'm doing repeats right now with mine, The Beatles. Uh, the something came from.